Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, December the 13th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the forward to the second edition on page XX. We'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, alcohol being no respecter of persons, and ends, more than 15% of us are women. Today's readers, and thank you, Team Wednesday, The 12 Steps, Julie G., The 12 Traditions, Karen W., um, readers of the text, Sigrid F., Lynn S., and Vanessa G., our newcomer greeter is Anne-Marie M., our second-hour host is Ken W.H., and announcements will be done today by Kathy S. The share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, December the 12th, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,927. That's 20,927. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,928. That's 20,928. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Julie G. I'm a compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Here are the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Julie G. And I will now ask Karen W. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Karen W., a compulsive overeater from Katy, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Karen W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the forward to the second edition on page XX. We'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, alcohol being no respecter of person, 
and ends more than 15% of us are women. And I will now ask Sigrid F. to please begin reading. Good morning, everybody. This is Sigrid F. recovered in South Florida today. Alcohol being no respecter of persons, we are an accurate cross-section of America and in distant lands. The same democratic evening up process is now going on. By personal religious affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, and a sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists. More than 15% of us are women. So, yeah, this, this paragraph really says it, right? Alcohol, or for us, food, doesn't really care who you are, doesn't care who I am, doesn't matter what sex you are, what religion you are, if you're good, if you're bad, what race you are, what upbringing you have, what social status, whether you're famous, none of it. Every single one of us can successfully use the same democratic evening up process. And what is that? That's the 12 steps. And these steps have surely saved my life. And yes, my body has shed weight, but I have to say that is nothing compared to the weight loss that has happened between my ears. And the serenity that I feel a lot the chaos and the anxiety that's abated uh, more, much more. I, I hardly ever have panic attacks. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm able to give up to God. And, and why is that? It's because I do everything I can to work the steps, especially 10, 11, and 12, so that I can surrender. And I can surrender everything else to my higher power and I can return to serenity. With that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, you all. Have a great day. Thank you, Sigrid F. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday this week, we ask you to hold back. Um, And who would like to comment on what was read this morning? Nancy R. Reva P. Baltimore. Uh, I heard Reva, Rivka. Nancy R. I got Nancy. Jennifer H. Jennifer. Anybody else? So I have Nancy R, Reva P, Rivka R, and Jennifer H. Julie P. Julie P. Okay. Okay. Nancy R, you're up, followed by Reva P. Oh, Elise N. Gotcha, Elise. Thank you. Nancy R. Hi, good morning. It's Nancy R from uh, Northwest Illinois. Um, good to be here with all of you this morning. Um, so I was thinking as uh, the reader was reading the paragraph this morning, I was thinking of how um, I have met compulsive overeaters from all around the world, um, partly through 
being a part of this vision for you meeting and um, also being a part of the uh, 10-step train, um, which has people, um, which I've been partnered with people um, in Greece and Ireland and England and other countries I can't think of right now. And, um, you know, I was on a meeting yesterday that someone from Australia was on a meeting. And um, so not only uh, is AA and OA throughout the world and even in the United States, a representative of all those different types of people. Um, so not only are we representative, but we can be connected. Um, we can be connected. I can be connected to people that I would never meet and uh, would never know or think share this same disease with me and share this same recovery with me because of working the steps as outlined in this big book. Um, so it's, uh, um, it works. It really does. So that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Nancy R. And Reva P., you're up, followed by Rifka R. Reva, we can't Good hear morning. you, star one. Oh, there you are. Good morning. Uh, it's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, what strikes me is that alcohol is no respecter of persons, that this is an equal opportunity disease, like has been shared. The disease doesn't care um, about my degrees, um, my background, um, any of that. Um, so it includes everybody and, and recovery is also an equal opportunity uh, thing for anybody who, who puts down the substance and does the work. And it's just striking me with this paragraph and the paragraph before, you know, um, all religions open to different medical points of view and now a cross-section of, of people and countries around the world um, that I need to keep my mind open um, I never know who I'm going to learn from. I never know, um, you know, if it's somebody from a different religion, if there's um, some medical um, stuff in the book that's going to open my mind or, you know, somebody from a totally different culture and background. And I love the fact that when I walk into these rooms, literally or figuratively, all that stuff is left outside the door. That right here, our primary purpose is to carry the message and help um, us stay in recovery, help the newcomer in recovery. None of that stuff matters. None of that stuff matters. It doesn't help me get well. It, it's not a, um, uh, a barrier to anything. The only thing is you know, uh, a desire to stop eating compulsively for membership and then doing the work is the requirement for recovery. Um, and where else in the world um, where else in the world can that happen? You know that we're governed by these traditions. Um, I just feel so blessed. Um, yeah, that all that stuff doesn't matter. Um, and, and always to keep that open mind because I just never know who's gonna say something, share something 
that's that's going to be exactly what my higher power wants me to hear to learn and uh, with that I pass thank you Reva P and Rifka R you're up followed by Jennifer H There you are. I was having trouble unmuting. Um, Good morning. Thank you so much, everybody, uh, for being there and for all your service. Um, This is Rifka R., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, So I was thinking, what's what's this evening up process? We are all so different in so many ways, but we all share the same problem. And that problem is lack of power. Like, we face this same dilemma, this allergy of the body to certain substances and amounts and, and an obsession of the mind that, that, that tells me that those substances that are killing me physically and spiritually are, are a great idea and will make me feel really good. And, I, and a complete forgetter when it comes to remembering the truth of my experience that except for the few seconds that I'm chewing, I will always feel worse and then I'll be smitten by a merciless craving to keep repeating it, and I'm powerless. The life will get sucked out of me. And and there's nothing medical that addresses the true nature of my problem. I, I mean, I could lose 20 pounds one month and gain 24 pounds the next, which I've done. Um, and certainly nothing religious that, that helped me. I, I used to put inspirational sayings from like my religious literature all over my cabinets. But when I wanted to eat, like even in the next minute, like I wouldn't look at those sayings because nothing showed me what was blocking me from the power that I needed in my life. But when I finally, finally got to the end of myself and I finally surrendered, the power was revealed. It's not like even founded. It just was revealed in my life. And the steps helped me get myself out of the way and then and then power could flow through and and as long as i honestly and humbly keep following these steps and trusting and relying on on my higher power um i get the power to live a life of of freedom and and joy and love and connection and um i'm just so grateful thank you (laughs) thank you (laughs) for this way of life and I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Rivka R. And Jennifer H., you're up, followed by Julie P. Hi, this is Jennifer H. Uh, from Virginia, compulsive overeater, and um, just grateful to be here um, and hearing all the wonderful shares so far. And, you know, just the thing that came to mind with this reading was that how fortunate we are to have so many people and, you know, like people have already said from all over the world, all different walks of life, um, different places in their life, um, applying the principles to these programs and, or the principles of this program and the 12 steps to lives and, you know, being able to see the changes and know that like, you know, there's, there's no excuse. There's no, there's no reason for me to say this won't work for me because it has worked for so many other people. And it gives me such hope and such strength. And to hear people kind of tell my story from their perspective and their notes and the solutions that they found in this program and with this way of life through everything, you know, um, 
through all the ups and downs of life. It's just it's just um, been a miracle and so helpful to me. And um, you know this this part of the big book, just saying that you know it's 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 for everybody. You know I I'm you know just one of many people that this this could to know about it. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer H. And Julie P., you're up, followed by Elise N. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being here. I really uh, am grateful for your service. My name is Julie P. I am a compulsive overeater in northern Minnesota. You know, it's interesting how I have never read the forewords because, you know, I am superior. I don't need to read the forewords in these books because I just want to get to the end. I just want the solution. I don't need everything that's in the middle. And when we read this paragraph this morning, my hair stood up on the back of my head when it said more than 15% of us are women. Hallelujah. I am a woman and I am welcome. You know, the tapes that I have for my obsessive thinking go deep and they run over and over and over. And I grew up in a home where I was a woman. I really wasn't welcome. I was lesser than. My brothers were superior. And color? Oh my gosh. Don't talk about colored people. Somebody that had skin different than the color of mine. I grew up in a home where I was taught to be prejudiced. I was taught that it wasn't okay. I was taught that my father firmly believed that the downfall of America was when women were let out of the kitchen. And, you know, when you're raised in an environment like that, you believe it. And I'm so grateful that this program says, hey, it's okay if you're a woman. It's awesome that you're a woman. And this program has brought me a 10th step partner in a different state with a different color. It's amazing the things that, you know, just shed one more layer and layer and layer because those old tapes, they're not honest. It may be my father's belief, but it doesn't have to be my belief any longer. And I'm so grateful that I am a woman today and that I am welcome. And thank you all for loving me. And I love you all. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Julie P. Elise N., please share with us. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, And this is Elise N., and I, I... you know, I so agree this, you know, program doesn't discriminate. Um, I guess what I have on my mind today is that I'm so grateful that um, in this holiday of Hanukkah where 
there's a lot of donuts and potato pancakes going around, which are fried, you know, pancake fried potatoes going around. And I used to be so into the food and I haven't been having to eat that, you know, eat that stuff. Um, but yet I'm, I'm thinking about a couple of people um, that died from this disease. Um, one of them was a very close friend and she was probably only about 60 and she was on lots of medication and she was on, had lots of medical conditions that they, that's what they called them, but I think obesity was really her main, um, main problem. And she was, um, you know, into the disease again and she died. And then we had a, a woman on our street, uh, down the street from me who, um, she, uh, she was so heavy, she must have been four or 500 pounds, and um, she fell on the floor, and she couldn't get up, so she had to drag herself to the phone, and she scraped both of her thighs, and she ended up with cellulitis, and she died from complications. And um, I'm so glad I'm not there today. I do have a friend I heard about that is there, that's homebound and not getting coming out of her room, and I think it's a lot um, because of her weight, her back conditions a lot because of her weight, and I plan to um, give her a call. Uh, but this disease does not discriminate, and it's um, it's it's a shame that the message has been diluted a lot with um, you know food plan people acting like a food plan is the solution when the the big book steps are the solution. Um, but I'm very grateful to have found this meeting. And to have that my sponsor found me, my sponsor heard me sounding pretty desperate on a meeting, and she actually called me and asked me, was I done? And I said I was, and she offered to sponsor me. And we've known each other like 30 years, more than 30 years, um, but we weren't like real good friends if she wouldn't have said it to me. Uh, but now we're real good friends. and. Um, I'm grateful for the people I know in this program that have helped me. Um, and I'm going to pass. Everybody have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Elise N. And we are on page XX in the forward to the second edition of the big book. And we are reading and commenting on the third paragraph, beginning alcohol being no respecter of persons and ends more than 15% of us are women. Who else would like to share this morning? Adele R. Adele? Jessica. I think I heard Jessica. Jessica M., yes. Okay. Marge O. Marge? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Laurel B. Laurel B. Lori H. Lori H. Y'all are being so sweet. Anybody else? I have Adele R, Jessica M, Marge O, Laurel B, Laurie H. We got lots of time. Okay, we'll start with Adele R, followed by Margaret D, Georgia. All right, I'm adding you to the end, Margaret. Thank you. Adele? Hi, good morning. Thank you. My name is Adele R. 
I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Kansas City. Um, I heard the line, more than 15% of us are women. And I, at first, I laughed. <laughs> I think that that percentage might be inverse. I don't know. Who knows, in a way. But then I was just so grateful for the the path that I've come with this book and um my first experience with this book was resentment. Um, I would be in an OA meeting, and every third Wednesday, maybe, or whatever day, we would read this book, and, and I didn't know anything about it. And I would hear, well, this is this old, old patriarchal language, and, you know, work with your man. And I was like, okay, it sounds like we hate the big book. But then I started to hear phrases that resonated with me. And I was like, where is that? And I'm like, oh, it's in that book. And I started to be really attracted to the language that was describing an experience that I was having. And then I really started to want more of what was here and um, the power that's described in this big book has taught me to overlook the language of the 30s. Um, that's the first resentment I've overcome <laughs> with the, using this book. Um, it's also taught me that it doesn't matter if the fellow I'm talking to uh, speaks of higher power as God or goddess. If they speak of higher power as the breath that breathes their body or HP or Hewlett Packard. What I need is power. And what I need is you as my fellow connecting to power. Because I connect to power through you. And I can't do this alone. And I am just so grateful in this paragraph that I can see that higher power has changed me and has shown shown me a way to change and to show me tolerance in myself. And that when I feel intolerance of of something outside me, the first thing I need to do is look at myself. And I'm very grateful for this paragraph today and for this group every day. Um, everybody have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Adele R. And Jessica M., you're up, followed by Marge O. Hi, Jessica M. from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm grateful compulsive eater, currently in relapse, but I've been in program for a long time. I'm grateful to hear the shares today. Um, this this section of the big book, this paragraph, really took me back to gosh, almost 20 years now when I started in program and um, the notion of alcohol food being no respecter of persons. In the very first meeting I went to in downtown Chicago, there were just people of all walks of life. And I remember it being such a revelation to me that, you know, people who lived in, you know, the penthouse apartment fabulously wealthy all the way down to, you know, folks who were without a home were in that meeting. And all of us had the same problem. And all of us were struggling with the same problem. And I, and just, it's, it's such a leveler, compulsive overeating as addiction in general, but compulsive overeating really levels us all to the same place, you know, no matter what we are outside the rooms, no matter what we do, um, how we're treated, how we're held up or not in society, when I come into these rooms, I'm the same as everyone else. I can learn from whatever someone says. You know, I always find it so fascinating that, 
you know, no matter what I, no matter what my state of mind is, even if I'm, you know, zoning out for 99% of that meeting, if I will listen and hear, you know, for the 1%, something that, you know, God wants me to hear that's, that's good for my recovery. So, um, you know, by the grace of God, I've stayed in program despite some struggles recently. And, you know, by the grace of God, I've, you know, found these meetings and um, am listening. So, um, I'm just grateful. There's not many p- places, I think, in our society today where it's so much a part of the program that we leave our differences at the door and that we unite around this common problem and help one another no matter what we look like, no matter what we do, believe, et cetera, outside of the rooms. And so I think that's just, it's its so unique. And I think it's why we see so much recovery, you know, here and why, you know, why there's so much grace in the rooms. So thanks so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Jessica M. And Marge O., you're up, followed by Laurel B. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Marge O. from Walpole, Massachusetts, recovered and very grateful. Um, I enjoyed this paragraph because back in the day, and I've been in program at least 40 years now. I can hardly believe it. So when I was a young mother, I couldn't get to three meetings a week, which was what was recommended. So um, they used to say 301, and that included three meals a day, nothing in between, and one day at a time. And that shifted a little over the years. But I would love to get to the three meetings also. So I'd go to a local AA meeting, and the majority of it, of the people that attended were men. But there were men of all kinds, all types, from uh, all kinds of background. And then when I went to the OA meetings, it, the majority were, were women, and you'd get a sprinkling of men. They were almost treated like, oh, gosh, there's a man here, holy moly, you know. And um, I learned as time went on, it, it, we, all, we all had that level up. We all had that obsession and we didn't really understand it, I think, even in the beginnings of um, OA. We knew there were certain things that perhaps we shouldn't eat because they caused big trouble, but we didn't always understand obsession of the mind and how it would always start there and then the allergy to the body. But that um, how it was the great leveler, as somebody had just said, that we all had the same problem. And as we grew and being exposed to the big book. Um, same thing, one night, one one Tuesday night a month, we studied that big book, and I had such an affinity for it. I just knew that even though alcohol wasn't, you know, what I wanted, I wanted food. And I, like many other people, came in just thinking, I'm going to be fat the rest of my life if this doesn't work. And even though I missed the first half hour, of the meeting, there was something in that room, and I can still feel it today when I think about being there. There was something special, and of course, I've come to learn that it was my higher power telling me, don't move, stay right here, and be sure you come back, and that's my message for everybody, stay right here, don't quit no matter what, just keep coming, and uh, it will work for you if you're willing to do the work. So thank you, and happy holidays, all. Thank you, Marge O. And Laurel B., you're up, followed by Laurie H. Hi, this is Laurel B. from Wakanda, Illinois, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service this morning. 
this paragraph tells me that OA is an all-inclusive club. Um, no real compulsive overeater is immune from falling victim to this illness. Like all manners of addiction, this is a disease that tells me I'm okay even when I'm not. If I had any other disease like cancer, I would immediately seek help, but food works until it doesn't. I can keep on eating to make myself feel better, but sooner or later it will catch up with me, whether it be obesity or poor health. At some point, I have to start looking at myself, face my character defects, and face my character defects. Um, And I should point out that my character defects don't make me a bad person. They just make me difficult for me to face life on life's terms. So um, I really like this paragraph and it spoke to me today. Thank you for letting me share. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Laurel B. And uh, Laurel B, okay, and Laurie H, you're up, followed by Margaret D. Hello, family. Um, Lori H. from Miami, and uh, I am powerless over food and, uh, and other people. Uh, this, this paragraph really brought up my last outreach call when it says here, no respecter of persons, and it's alcoholism is no respecter of persons. In other words, the disease is no respecter. And um, I don't need to value myself by the respect I think I am getting from others today. And I had, uh, I was honest with uh, somebody uh, without finding out where they were in their program first. And they went into advice giving for me. And for me, I I prefer to solicit advice and they didn't hear me say that. And then um, they kept going and I said, well, no, no, thank you. I, I appreciate, you know, your intent behind sharing, you know, but um, uh, I, I really do prefer to solicit advice. Um, I have a, a question for a recovered woman that has been through the hospitalization period. That is, is, and she didn't even wait to hear what the question was and kept going into more advice giving. And I was like, okay. And, you know, and she had shared that she was, you know, in her disease. And, and I have to remember uh, my love and tolerance. So I kept being loving and tolerant. And, um, you know, and then finally it was, uh, you know, after saying no multiple times and thank you and as lovingly as possible, it was time to get off the phone. And I, you know, I got blessed her and I got off the phone. And it was a stark reminder because I carried the message to someone for two hours that was going through this yesterday as we walked through the park. All they kept discussing was other people and um, how they're not getting the respect that they want, you know, and I remember in my disease, you know, not feeling heard and not feeling like people respected me. And that was my disease talking to me and I was listening to my disease. And today I don't need that from other people. I get that from my loving God, just like he gives me my abstinence and my peace and my joy and everything else that is good and everything he gives is perfect. So I, I just have to remember that I will work these steps and I will keep living these principles of love and tolerance and understanding where other people are in their disease, that I can keep coming back at people. No matter what they bring to my plate, I can keep bringing love to them to the best of my ability. I'm so grateful for that. So thank you for listening. Have a beautiful, blessed day, family. Love you. Thank you, Laurie H. And Margaret D., please share with us. 
Um, hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret B. Um, and I'm in Georgia. And what a gift the speaker who just finished up gave me. I, honest to goodness, I am I am speechless. Um, she just answered a question that has been uh, in my mind for about the last six months. Um, what I wanted to share on this paragraph was about that first line, alcohol being no respecter of persons. <coughs> Excuse me. And what it brought up for me is there's something else that compulsive eating is um, has no respect for, and that being open to hearing different opinions or and anything that um, invites inclusivity, generally my mind will just go, oh, no, that's just, that can't be true or whatever. And so some of the things, and, and this is a little bit off topic, but it's also very much on topic that um, happened to me is like when I listen to a speaker, my mind will get absolutely irritated by what they're saying and it snaps shut. And what I'm learning to do today is um, this evening up process is not look at the other person or the idea or the thought and go and judge that but just to note that, oh, that's interesting. You know, when they said A, my mind went immediately to B, which is they're wrong. Oh, they 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 are definitely wrong. And you know, I, I need to um I need to avoid them. I need to um just blot out whatever it is that they're trying to say. And that's the compulsive eating that is no respecter of persons, ideas, spirituality, love, compassion, tolerance. It's like whenever these things happen, if I'm in the disease, my mind snaps shut. It gets irritated. It doesn't want to hear this stuff. And it just, you know, the iron curtain just comes down and we're not listening to that. And then I go into the judging that person is this or, you know, they just don't know what they're talking about or blah, blah, blah. And the beauty of what I see in this paragraph is it's the opening of being inclusive. And, you know, there we, we actually have groups of people that we're not, <laughs> don't ask me how that happened, but we're not I'm in existence like transgender or, you know, um, so I'm always learning and I'm so grateful to my higher power and to everybody um, that's recovering. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Margaret D. And we are on page XX, the third paragraph, um, beginning alcohol being no respecter of persons and ends more than 15% of us are women. And we have time for at least three more shares. Who would like to share?
Anybody want to share? Lots of time. Good opportunity. Gary and Kay. Gary and Kay. Julie. S. F. And Toledo. Did I hear Julie? Somebody? Yeah, Juliana F. Juliana. In Connecticut. F. And. Jim S. And Toledo. Thank you, Jim. Okay, let's go with Darian K., Juliana S., and Jim S. Uh, Darian K., you're up, followed by Juliana S. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, you're good. Okay, great. I just want to make sure I didn't get muted again. Um, yes, Darian Kay in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, gracefully recovered and um, really thrilled to be on the line with all of you and hear all these pearls of wisdom and, um, you know, the take on the smallest piece of this textbook. It's just amazing. It's just amazing how we, you know, how Leah used to say, crack it open and and really learn um, from each other what this is supposed to mean. And, um, you know, I know for me, <clears throat> um, before programs, and especially when I was, you know, a young person, um, I never fit in. Um, I was always, uh, I don't know, I, I just, I wasn't part of the cool group, I wasn't, you know, in, in those days we called them druggies, and and, and uh, brains and <laughs> all these different, um, you know, groups. And I, I didn't, I wasn't a part, I just didn't feel a part of any group, um, you know, and so um, it, it just felt, you know, I felt really left out. And, you know, I remember a therapist said to me, you know, when I was older, and I don't know if I was in program at the time, but they said um, something about you being unique. And I remember saying to this person, I don't want to be unique. I want to be like everybody else. You know, I want to fit in. Um, and and I know I know that, that was, there was a good intention behind that, but I just, I really wanted to fit in with people, and I wanted to dress like them, and I wanted to, you know, be like them, because it just seemed like their life was just so perfect. Um, and, you know, um, when I found this program and I realized it doesn't matter what I believe in or if I if I do believe. Um, you know, like people were saying, what color my skin is, how tall I am, how much weight I need to lose, um, you know, um, whether I, you know, had children or not, um, a good family life or, you know, uh, addiction in my life. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. We could all come together and share the, like they say, the language of the heart, and I love that, but we share the language of the heart, and, um, you know, I just know that every single meeting that I go to, every single person that I talk to, um, I hear that language of the heart, and I, you know, I hang up the phone, or I close out of a meeting, and I just feel so grateful to be a part of this group, <laughs> and for so long, and, and then I still feel that same enthusiasm early on um, because it, it just always feels so warm and welcoming, you know, like a nice big puffy blanket, you know, that I can just uh, wrap around me um, and, and feel secure, you know, and feel like I can be my authentic self. So um, thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Darian Kay and Juliana S. You're up, followed by Jim S. Hi, um, this is Juliana F., as in Frank from Connecticut, and I just 
um, can't believe I even said I wanted to share. <laughs> Something jumped up. It's like, share. Like, okay, what are we going to say? I don't know. Um, but one of the things that, that I'm, first of all, I'm very grateful for this meeting. This meeting has saved me in so many ways. It was my entrance to um, the OA program, and um, I'm, I'm 100,000 times grateful. Um, and um, I just want to say that when I first came to any 12-step meeting, because I had a fellowship before this one, um, I was no respecter of persons either. <laughs> um, I really could not hear what anyone said. And, you know, I was always looking sort of for some sort of God or guru to tell me what I needed to think and how I needed to be. And I chased around all of these different things. And, um, you know, this program, this, this the 12-step programs are like, they just let me come in and listen. And then it was me that was like, oh, I'm hearing something. Oh, that person might actually understand what I'm going through. Oh, that person is going through something in their life um, with ease, balance, and grace that I could never imagine going through with ease, balance, and grace. How did they do that? And then the curiosity just, you know, and the desperation <laughs> kept me <laughs> kept me coming back. Um, and I'm just, just ever grateful for that. And, um, you know, this disease, will have me thinking uh, regularly. It comes back and is like, yeah, but, oh, yeah, but, you know, there's this cranky old, crotchety old person talking in my head all the time that always wants me to um, disavow the miracles and the spiritual awakenings that have happened. But this particular recovery from this particular disease for, for me has had um, physical, big physical transformation um, that I'd never been able that to affect on my own and so it's like I look in the mirror and I'm like well <laughs> you're a walking miracle you know what I mean I always have a reminder with me um that 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 this that higher power is um real valid and um and um present and I I, I didn't I didn't necessarily have that even in my other fellowship because the tangibility factor wasn't necessarily there. Um, so anyway, I'm just so grateful. And uh, I encourage anyone who is struggling um, to keep coming back. And even if you're at this point just listening, you know, for me, my sponsor said that any change of perspective is a small start in shifting, you know, any small aha moment or connection I feel even over with a stranger over the phone thank you is um is the start of spiritual awakenings and a, a beautiful process so um, with that I pass thanks thank you Juliana F and Jim S from Toledo you're up yeah Jim S from Toledo can you hear me I can good huh I um I'm concentrating one step at a time to stay abstinent. Um, yesterday, I practically burnt up our microwave. I put something in there that can only be in a microwave for a certain amount of time, and it started burning. And what started all that was... Um, 
I um I was home by myself and um I wanted to go get a lighter for our candles. So I went to the store and while I was there I thought, Oh, I can pick up some of this and take it home and just enjoy the evening. And um I mean before you know it, um I had a fire on my hand. And um so now today I'm trying to recover and I'm in voices of recovery going to step one and the only reason I'm speaking there was a pause in the people volunteering to speak and I was like come on Jim you need to share uh, impulsiveness that's what was running my life last night impulsiveness compulsiveness even though I'm compulsive but um, I'm working with a sponsor. One day at a time, I'm going to get on top of this. Um, but I'm just glad to be working on it today. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Jim S. And we have time for one more two-minute share. Anyone like to take it? Maya K. Please share with us, Maya. This is Hi, I'm Maya, um covered compulsive overeater. Um I guess I just wanted to um share that I just love, you know, this paragraph um because it just makes me feel so much hope in this program of you know, how much change can be made in the world from this program, um, from such a horrible addiction, you know, how so much good can come from something so horrible, um, from any addiction, um, you know, how transforming God can be of something so destructive, um, and even, um, how just, how much inclusivity can be made out of something that can tear people apart, and, um, I just think that's awesome um, because, uh, you know, what I see in the world now. So I just, I think it's beautiful. And um, I'm just very grateful to be part of this program. It saved my life and it continues to save my life over and over. So uh, God bless everyone. Thanks. Thank you, Maya Kay. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, December the 13th, excuse me, today's Wednesday, December the 13th, 2023, is 20,935. That's 20935. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page one. Four, followed by the serenity prayer and Lynn S. Will you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Lisa. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.